Hey, I'm Autumn. Thanks for listening to You're Not Your and Chair, where our goal is to show you that your problems in life don't have to define you. And I'm Nick. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh. What's up, Autumn? Nothing. I just am barely, barely alive over here. We we had to wait to record this till the the NHL playoffs were done for the night. <laughs> yeah, I'm just tired. I've started therapy up with my mom again, and I, she, she really uh, put me through the ringer today. <laughs> it's great. Like I feel it's that like feeling of like I worked hard and I feel good, but now at eleven twenty at night, I'm feeling it. I'm tired. Well, you know when when you work out, you know if you didn't get sore then you didn't even work out I feel yeah like. I just feel like I'm there I'm present I'm showing up I'm doing what I want to do and I want to work hard but I know that the next day that night the next day I'm going to be feeling it you know it's good though I think that's like that's a personal way that you can adjust or not adjust sorry measure yeah like how hard you worked and kind of you can appreciate that soreness yeah well and i mean i jumped on instagram today because i had the feeling of like i was great like i i for so long it's been hard to get that like workout where you're like breathing deep you know and you're really like your heart rate was up and you f- you're feeling like the cardio come through that's hard because what am i going to do push but You know, it's hard for me to get my cardio going. And usually with pushing that far, I have problems with my shoulders. So it's just like that doesn't really work for cardio for me. So I was grateful. I am grateful that I'm able to use the muscles that I do have to push a pedal. There's no pulling it back, but pushing it (laughs) forward. If you just keep going forward, I'm able to do that. And it was it got my heart rate up. My mom walked around the corner today and she was like, are you okay? You still the going? Pedal, riding the bike. Yeah. Is what you're... Yeah. Okay. Just making sure that everyone knows you just kind of said, oh, just pushing the pedal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding the bike. <laughs> it's it's not a normal bike. It's the recumbent bike. So it's the ones that sit further back. Yeah. So it's not as hard to balance, I guess, so to say, because there's no way I could ride on one of those like <laughs> Peloton bikes or whatever. Hey, Autumn, you're doing it. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right. I'd fall. Could you imagine if my feet were, like, clipped into one of those bikes and I, like, lost my balance? <laughs> Dude, I'd bust my leg or something. It would, been, it would be so bad. You know, it's, it's funny when somebody falls, but when Autumn usually falls, it's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. <laughs> and it's like I have to check, give myself a mental check of, like, am I okay? Like, also check physically for bruises, like, a couple hours later. There's been plenty of times where, like, I hear her fall in the bathroom. Like, hey, you okay? And like we're like checking to see if like her foot like slipped, cut. Usually, on the, and on I was telling my mom or... today. Usually, my foot slips. Like it's my left foot. I feel like it's always my left foot that slips, and it's more paralyzed. My left side is more paralyzed. But yeah, I mean, it was a good weekend. It was a yeah. I guess we should talk about being back weekend. in therapy. Oh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I this past week I um kind of put two and two together and was like, well, I'm having all of this pain in my left arm or, you know, tendonitis is what I was calling it, which that's what it was. But I was having this tendonitis and like, I just felt like I need to build those muscles, like certain muscles I need to build. I've also like reflecting on the past and how I've wanted to have like some sort of program of like getting my heart rate up and working out from home. I'm like, you know what? It's a new year. Why don't we do therapy? 
It's good. I, and I, I love when you do therapy because it's like, I know you're going to gain more and do more. Yeah. And I feel better about myself too when I get like You active. do. And it's it's fun to see because like I, I don't want to be like, hey, Autumn, uh, it's uh, get up time, off the couch. time to uh, start <laughs> working out a little bit more. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. something any husband wants right. to like, tell their wife. Like, hey, you should work out more, uh-huh. wife. Like that usually ends And it's in, not really for a weight uh, aspect. Argument. I mean, sure, that would be great. Um, getting at like a a better weight but for me it's more functionality of being able to like like my mom said today because my mom is my physical therapist my mom said today I really do think these things that we're doing is go, you're going to notice a difference in your daily life and that's my goal isn't necessary I just want to feel healthier you know I yeah. just want to feel like when I do things with my kids that it's just me and them and I'm literally pushing myself all day that day I don't go home and like fill it for the next week, you yeah, know. And I, and I think that should be anyone's drive to like. I mean, obviously, some people do it for sport, and yeah. you know, they wanna or they wanna look cool or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Big old muscles look cool, but I think honestly, the root of like working out and dieting or in any measure should be health first. You know, I think that should be the yeah. Because if that's not your main goal, then. Why are you really doing right. it? Right. Like, well, like, and for me, if your goal is to lose weight, I feel like it's kind of the wrong. It is. You're it? taking the wrong approach because if you are feeling better about yourself, if it's making you feel better, you're going to get into a healthier lifestyle and that weight will shed, you know. But if you're constantly watching that scale, watching the pounds drop, it's it's like watching the time pass. When, yeah. And you I, know? I mean, I mean, I'll talk about me, but like. Uh, I, I chose yeah. to, I tried to lose weight. I always wanted to like, hey, Running I, I, I want to get down below 200. I want to get down below 200. Yeah. I want to get a low. And that was my goal. I was weighing about 235, 240-ish, yeah. you know. And I was just like, I got to I gotta get down that weight. You know, I yeah. was going to the gym, like on lunch every day, mm-hmm. you know, just working out, you know, just trying to do anything. And I was just so worried about that scale, you know, that scale, that scale. Yeah. And I finally decided to make it just a, a dieting change, yeah, you know, personal and, decision. And I honestly, I did that and stopped worrying about like the like weight falling off. But I wanted to do it for more like I want to put some better things into healthy. my body. You know, yeah. I want to put better things into like, my body. Like obviously, just like eating whatever I want and just like pushing my body to the limit is not working for my body. My body wants a good diet, healthy exercise. You know, like. That's yeah. really what I feel like your body was saying is like, don't sit here and push me, push me, push me, and then eat crappy. Yeah, it's it was more saying, put the right stuff in my body, and yeah. and you're gonna get you know feel healthier, get the results that you're wanting. You know, and I was just like eating so much of that stuff that I thought was just so like, oh, this is healthier yeah. for me, and like honestly, I took a little switch and stuff and it's just worked so well yeah. for me. And there's a lot of people. And that so are- anybody that's wondering, Nick has done kind of a plant-based vegan diet. And so many people are like, <laughs> did you put him up to this? And I'm like, no, like this is, and I support him a hundred percent. I, that doesn't mean that it's not hard for me because I mean, I do worry when we go places and he's always like, don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. But I do worry that there's like, you know, something that he'll want to eat there or, or uh, that goes along with his diet. And a lot of people are like, oh, is it animal cruelty, this and that? And for him, it, it's not. And some people it is. It's all about health. For him, for it's about the health benefits and that he feels better. And so that's why he's he's continuing to do it is yeah. because if he feels better, then why wouldn't that, does that 
that makes sense. Yeah, and people stop me like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Like, are you yeah. and, like my neighbor the other day just stopped me, yeah. and <laughs> told me, told me some other stuff, you know, and um, and then she said, "So how'd you lose all that weight?" And I was like, "Oh, I just, you know, I don't like to like talk about it a lot." Like, yeah, and there's people that that give you a hard time. And yeah, and that's fine. I can. There's the I jokes. Can, I can you can handle it. the jokes, but I sometimes people it. give you kind of a hard time. And I don't care. Like, yeah, I, it's it's my choice. I'm not doing it. I'm I not mean, maybe it I'm one of those people. That Obviously, you a hard Autumn time. hasn't jumped on board either. So <laughs> no, I don't I'm not push vegan. Too hard. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but you know, like they're like, oh, I thought you know, I saw you rollerblading. I thought maybe that was it. I was like, I wish that I did that forever. Yeah, right. and didn't do anything. That'd be easy. No, that's for fun. No, I literally don't really work out. I just. You know, change yeah. my diet other than playing hockey and stuff, but yeah. that's not something I've ever stopped. It's not doing, a change. So. Yeah, you've yeah. always done that. But yeah, so, let's. I mean, let's get back to you. And, yeah. So therapy, know, therapy. I mean, I started last week, and uh, the first the first um, appointment is always an eval. So she did an eval on my strength, um, the strength of my legs. Um, randomly, there were triggers in my hamstrings. Don't know. Um, not all of them. So like. It's so weird with spinal cord injuries. And I even told my mom when she was talking, I was like, you need to get on the podcast because you are so smart. Like I'm sitting here talking and I feel like an idiot compared to you. And I live the injury. But I mean, she's a physical (laughs) therapist. So she's this is what, you know, she does every day. It's what she knows. But um, it's so weird how the how your feeling works. And towards the outside of my legs, I can't feel much towards the inside of my legs. I can feel a lot. So that's kind of where on the inside backside of my knee is where the triggers, we were kind of feeling some triggers. And it's also hard when you're doing that because sometimes it's compensation from other muscles that is making you feel like it's a certain muscle. So anyway, uh, bottom line, we found, we realized that I am having a lot of issues with my left arm and um, it's super week (laughs) like she's like grip my hand and she's like grip harder and I'm like I'm gripping as hard as I can and she's like autumn this is bad (laughs) (laughs) so we've been strengthening my left arm we she worked my arm so much today and my my left shoulder's feeling it it's a good you know that feeling of like good hurt yeah it was that she's done a lot of massage and and she taped my arm today so you know I'm loving it like it's good. I'm, I'm working hard. She gave me exercises to do every day in between therapy and I've been I have been doing it and it's it's different when you want to do it for yourself. I feel like after I got hurt it was like, "Oh, I have to go to therapy. Oh, I have to go to therapy." And it's like, "But they're telling me I have to learn all these things." You know. Do you wanna, they're telling me to be here and this time I'm like, "I want to be here. I want to work hard." Do you want to know how I know like today was like the like tada moment for me that you that I could see and you know that I knew you wanted to be there. Yeah, is because when you, I was leaving, I was like, because I had to go run the kids and all that stuff. Uh-huh. While Adam went to therapy, and so I was like, okay, do you want me to put your chair in your car and have your mom get it for you? Because like, there's a lot of times where like you know I just put yeah. her chair in the back and then wherever Whoever's she goes, someone will get it out for. Her. Yeah, and she's like, no. I want to like I'm, I'll just put it in myself and I'll just put it out myself. Yeah, my mom, well, and I was like, "Well, will your mom be there?" And she's like, "No, no, no. I want to go there early. I want to ride the bike." Like I was yeah. like, I was like, I just want to like clap and like yeah. it, was, it was a little like you know like <laughs> special moment it for me. And I was yeah. just like, I was so proud of you. And good. I didn't really like, kind of like tell you that you know. Right yeah, then, but. I know. Well, one thing was I, I got there and 
you know, I've never had a hard time. And maybe it's just um, the stalls. That there's two handicap stalls, and I pulled in one of them. Maybe I just have never noticed, but I could not get my door to stay open when I was pulling my chair out. Like, could not. It kept shutting. So, like, usually I open the door, and then I pull the base out first. I couldn't get the door to stay open, so I had to, like, just crack it so it didn't latch. And then I had to try to push it with the base of my, like, wheelchair. Like, it, you know, and in these situations, I, I, you know, my mom probably would be like, oh, well, why didn't you call me if it was hard? You know, she would be totally willing to help. But it's like, no, I'm here. I'm doing it. I got to figure this out. It's fine. You know, like, probably nine times out of ten, I honk the horn when I'm getting the thing out. And people <laughs> are probably like, what is that chick doing? But, but. You don't do, like, the look around, like, who honked? <laughs> Yeah, that? right. I should have. Or just pretend like you're waving to somebody like, hey. <laughs> but yeah, that and then like the back side of my wheelchair. So when Nick puts it in, it stays in one piece. But when I put it in, I take it completely apart. And so the back like seat rest or whatever, it folds down and we need to d- use some WD-40 on yeah, it. Yeah. It's so bad. And I could not get it to reopen. And so that took me a minute too. And so... I definitely am rusty on getting my chair in and out of the car. You want to know it's funny? When I was getting in my car with the, you know, to go pick up the girls, uh-huh. and Lily was the one, only one with me. Um, yeah. Lily. Our niece. Boy. Yeah. And she was going to dance. Yeah. They were going to, well, I had to go pick up the kids first, but she was already with me. And she's like, Where's Autumn going? And I said, <laughs> Oh, she's going to therapy. She's like, well, how is she going to get out of the car <laughs> with her wheelchair? Where's yeah. her wheelchair? And I was just <laughs> so like, concerned. it was funny that she like. It's funny that, know, kids, that kids pick up on it. She's that young and that she, you know, yeah. picked up on that. I was like, well, how is she going to get out by herself? You know, yeah, and I was she's like, pulling the wheelchair. And I was out. like, well, you know, when I put it in, it's in one piece. And she's like, yeah. So, well, when she puts it in, it's in lots of pieces, you know. Yeah. So she's she puts it in. Together. And I said, you know, I put it in the back. She's like, yeah, well, she puts it in the front seat. Yeah. You know, so it's sitting right here, and I kind of yeah. explained to her. It's a good little learning moment. Yeah, and, for a, I mean, what, six-year-old? Yeah, and <laughs> shout-out to Melissa today for uh, helping me uh, finish all my jerseys. <laughs> you know, they. Uh, let's talk for a second about people being in your corner. Yeah. Because just with this, even the podcast, anything that I've done, there's always the people that are there cheering you on no matter what. Yeah. And there's the the people that always will text you and say, I'm so proud of you. I just got a text from my best friend, Amanda. And, you know, we're close. We talk quite a bit just over text. But we don't hang out very often no, anymore because she's, a, she's a, a single mom. You know, I've got my life that's super busy. But we, ta- we were talking today and it was just like, you know what? No matter what, you're always there. Yeah. You know, I, no matter what, I'm always here. You have an issue message me let's just vent let's talk it out like there's no judging there's no you know there's those people that are just consistently there to support no matter what and and honestly it's it's kind of fun to see like which people like and sometimes they're not people you talk to all the time yeah you know and they're just like they're people that are like you know if you picture your life as like a circle and your close circle is like your immediate family Uh people you hang out with every week and then you know, your outer circle is, you know, people you see regularly and then your outer circle is people you see like once a year. And then, you know, the people that are outside yeah, it goes that. on and on and on. And so it's funny to see that sometimes like your inner circles aren't even the people who support you most. Right. Like, right. So, like sometimes there's a lot of people in that yeah. inner circle that are supporting you. But there's also a lot of people in that inner circle who, who are not supporting. And it's not that they're like some, Against. Of them, some of them are against you. And like, I yeah. mean, 
I mean, people are jealous people, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm not saying that I think anyone's jealous of us for no, this no, no, podcast no, no. or whatever. I'm no. just saying I'm in general in life, you know, there's yes. people and jealous. When you try to do something different, something and, new. Yeah, and jealousy is a really, like, and I don't feel, I feel bad for people that are jealous of other people for, like, yeah. and, like, you talk just, down they on talk other down people. on other people, and you're mm-hmm. just like, why can't you just be happy for that yeah. person? Why can't you be cheering like, them on? Be like, be their cheerleader from the sidelines. Like you have a successful friend, and your other friend is like talking bad about them, and this and yeah. that, and like just picking apart you're other like, parts of their but life. For me, it's like you've worked hard to be there, and I'm proud for you. Like it's not a matter of what money you make versus me. It's not a matter of how many followers you have versus me. It's not a matter of any of that. It's that. You're winning, and I'm here cheering you on. I'm here to be your cheerleader, you know? Yeah, like, we should all just be cheering on each other. Like, I don't know why. It's kind of like likes and stuff. Like, why not just like everyone's stuff? Like, you know, people, (laughs) like, I'm not going to like their stuff because... I don't want to give them that satisfaction. You don't want to give them that satisfaction. Like, who cares? If that's the littlest thing you can do for someone's day is like like their post, you know, comment on their stuff. Because, you know, I mean, we have become more of a social media kind of world. But but also when you see someone, say, hey, yeah, talk to them. It's about the friendship. Smile. Say, you know, let people know that you are interested. And I and I know this is about people in your corner, but like I also say like on like people and having those same conversations you have like over and over like how are you going oh yeah it's great work and school you know yeah oh yeah my job blah 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 how's life oh work and kids like no no, no i get that i know tell me, you're doing tell that. me something like let's talk yeah like i want to talk like how's your family doing how are you doing how are you liking your job yeah and what do you do at your job and that's how i think you can like kind of see those people that like really mm-hmm. care about your life because you have a lot of people also you, you see them like hey we should hang out and that's then there's, that's, know, all it and is. Then that's all yeah. it is and it's like okay do you really want to hang out because i will yeah. call you tomorrow if you want to hang out right because like me and autumn we love hanging out with people and yeah. like and like i don't know we we always like try to you know have fun and mm-hmm. you know have party not really parties but like but get just together. people over and, and, and talking and, like, and- and, like, I love when people invite us to something and I feel so bad when we can't be there and yeah. stuff. Because like, I really am, like, I, I try to be a person who is there. Cheering and, for people. You know, people are doing something. Yeah. If someone's put the time into an event to get you there, whether it's a barbecue, whether it's a birthday party, you want to be there. And so when your schedule doesn't permit, we for us, we feel bad. Like, it's just like, <laughs> we want to be there. Can we be in two places at once? Yeah. And, I mean, that's part of being in someone's corner. And, like, life is busy. Yeah. And we all have stuff yeah. going. And But, I mean, just... If you if you really are truly like think you're in someone's corner, let them know you're in their yeah, corner. Because you don't say anything and they don't know. Yeah. Like they're they're not getting that like you know, when even with this podcast, like I've put myself out there. This is something that like I've mentioned that Nick had to convince me to do. This is not something that's super comfortable. And so just those little those the people that have even sent me the small text or small direct message that says, you know, I the main ones are when they tell me how it helps them or what they took out of it. And when they tell me I'm proud of you. Yeah. Like my friend told me I'm proud of you today for talking about this stuff. And I'm, it made me want to cry because it's like, you realize how hard this is for me. This is not something that I 
typically talk about. This is personal stuff. Yeah. So the fact that you're recognizing that this is hard for me and I'm talking about it, I'm creating awareness for spinal cord injuries. I'm trying to help like with accessibility. I'm trying to like really make, let people well, know what my life is like as a spinal cord, and, like living with a spinal cord injury. And, so, and letting people know that that doesn't have to run your life, that your problems yeah. don't have to run your life. Yeah. Like, really. That's the goal of this podcast is not, to, you know, I mean, it's we all know like one or two people, issues. you know, and that have a spinal cord industry. And this podcast is not for those few people in your yeah. life. This podcast is to help anybody and say that, hey, we're all in this together. We yeah. all have our own problems and everybody has it worse than you. Like, I mean, there's always somebody out there that has it worse than you. Yeah. I mean, that, not everyone has it worse than you, but yeah. But everybody's a, just dealing with their crap. Honestly, yeah, everybody, and, no matter how big or small to them, it's big. To you, yeah. what you're doing for me is my wheelchair. Not that I don't have any other issues in my life because I do. I have other issues. I have, I have really bad anxiety. You put me in a room where everybody's standing and I'm sitting, boom, my anxiety hits. Like I deal with things other than a wheelchair too, you know. And so that's 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 my issue. But some and your issue might be different than mine. But we're trying to see eye to eye on this whole thing as, you know, I mean, con let's connect. Well, I mean, me and Autumn were kind of talking about the other day and it's not that, you know, like we always say, like, you never, you never know what somebody's going through because you're not them. Right. You have not been, we've all like gone through the same situations, but you don't know their exact situation, their exact circumstance, their exact relationship, but you can understand it. Yeah. And so... We try to understand what people can, are going we through. We can understand that you're going through something, you know. Because, I mean, when you're having a bad time in your life, a bad day, or, you know, you have an mm -hmm. injury, you have a loss of life, a loss of a friend, you yeah. know. Someone comes up to you and says, I know, I know what, what you're, you're going, going through. through. And you want to, like, just smack them in the face and say, you don't know. Yeah. And, and more, I, more, a better way to say it would be, I can understand that it's a hard time for you right yeah, now. Yeah, like, I understand what you're going through. But yeah. Like, but there is a lot of people who try to turn your problems into their problems and like, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, I know that's hard, but you should really yeah. want to hear my problems. You know, there are some people that try to relate it to your life and you're like, but no, <laughs> like, but I get that you spent a week in a wheelchair, but that doesn't, that yeah, doesn't, it, it's, that's not the same. Okay. Yeah, I, I've lived 14 years, almost 15, like. So I'm sorry for your week, but a, like <laughs> you don't realize all the other things that come along with this, not just what you see right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like we kind of talked about like wheelchairs and stuff today, and Autumn's gonna be getting a new wheelchair in a couple months and stuff, mm -hmm. and and about the the salesman and the stuff yeah. that they'll say to you, and and it's almost like the salesman with a car, like someone who sells you a car is going to take those one or few things that they heard yeah, in the seminar that someone, someone told them about this car that was really yeah. cool. And they're just going to be like, they know those few things really well. And yeah. they're going to just sell you that, one of those well, that's few what things. They're gonna, yeah. And you know, commit there's commissions for certain parts that you like for wheelchairs, for example. I mean, uh, wheelchairs is my bit. Like I'm, I'm huge for being your own advocate. If you have a kid that is having disabilities or in actually any situation, be an advocate for your kid until your kid is old enough to understand they need to be an advocate for themselves. And by that, I mean, you know what you want, yeah. you know. So, for example, my wheelchair, when I'm ordering a new wheelchair, 
there's been times in the past that they've said, you're going to want this, you're going to want this, you're going to want this. And there was one time back in like 2018, I think, when I got my last chair, that he told me all these things that I'm going to want changed and that this is wrong and this needs to be bigger and this is not. I got this wheelchair that's fitted for like a six foot person. It was like a limo. <laughs> and and it it wasn't ultra light, yeah. and I know that to someone else they might may not understand what that is. But if it's not ultra ultra light, you're carrying all that weight around with you every time you push. Every time ultra you go up light a hill. means it's the lightest a wheelchair can be. Yeah, and so what I'm saying here is like, I mean, be your own advocate for anything yes. in life, whether it's you know. You know, a doctor says you need this medication, this a surgery. surgery. Yeah. I mean, I mean, an example would be, I mean, we're, I like to talk hockey, but Connor McDavid, top player in the league, you know, yeah. he hurt his, hurt his knee. knee. And yeah. so it was really bad. And the, they told they him, told he him surgery, yeah. he needs surgery and he's going to be out for like a year, maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, I'm going to get a second opinion. Yes. I really don't want to have surgery. I really don't want to be out that long. And another doctor said, well, I mean, we could do this. But it's going to take a lot of work on your part, like without yeah. surgery. Yeah. And he did it, and he was back in the lineup. Yeah. Next season. Yeah. And and that's the thing for me is it's like, and what are you out? Some time at a second opinion appointment. Yeah. Like okay, you know maybe you have a copay or something, but it's like, I you know I I firmly firmly believe in being your own advocate and knowing yourself. For me, I know what medications do what to me. I know, yeah. you know, a doctor may say, well, this antibiotic isn't in this family, so you're going to be fine. You're not going to rush up. But for me, I'm like, oh, no, no, I've taken that antibiotic. I know it's not in the same family as those other ones, but I know what happens when I take it. Yeah. So I'm sorry you're telling me to take this, but I'm telling you that I know what's going to happen when I take this. Yeah, and and anything in life, I mean, with our jobs, and we all do it. We all kind of, you know, spew a little bit of bullshit. Because it's our job. Yeah. Whether we're, we're you know, a receptionist or we're, you know, working at McDonald's or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you you have that level of, like, bullshit to just, like, get you through the day. And yeah. it's just, like, this is what makes it easy dealing with people is just give them this, this bullshit. <laughs> and, like, I know I keep saying I'm sorry for anybody who doesn't like to hear that. But, but that is true. And, like, it, you shouldn't blame the person, you know, right. giving you the bullshit. Like, really, to just know that we all do it, and we all need to, you know, use a little bit of our own judgment. Like, yes. every you, Nobody car, knows you better than you know you. Yeah. And every car salesman that says, this car is for you. This is the perfect car. They're looking for their best you know, interest. Look in it and say, you know, like, okay, like, take off your salesman hat and just be honest with me. Like, and, and most people don't. It's, it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and... You know, that that lady, she works on tips, you know, so she's like, well, the higher the, the check is, the more tip mm-hmm. I get. Can I and, get you this? And you're it like, is and you're extra. Well, and you're like, no, you, you're like, I'm a person who always asks what's their favorite thing on the menu, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Autumn hates it. I'm, I, yeah. Uh... But you can always tell when someone is just being like really dishonest or just they're just saying it to say it. Well, they pick the most when expensive like, thing on the menu. You're like, hey, what's your favorite thing? Like the ribeye. You're yeah. Like, oh, yeah. really? Like you're, you you're eating the ribeye every night here. Like mm-hmm. when you're going home at night, you're picking the ribeye up and you're taking it home. Yeah. Unless you're working at, you know, you know, Tony Roma's or something or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Outback Steakhouse, maybe. You're probably cool. not taking a, you know, a, yeah. Right. Home every night. Like, 
you're getting the fajitas to mm-hmm. go. So, yeah. And so what I'm trying to get at here is like everything you're going to deal with in life, there's going to be a little bit of bullshit. You kind of got to take with a grain of salt, whether it's a doctor. I mean, doctors are probably mm-hmm. listening is like, you need to listen to your doctor. And that is true. Teachers, you know, like there's a lot of things that I think, and I'm going off on a tangent. You here. are going I know, off on a tangent. But I feel like <laughs> sometimes we, we trust too much. Yeah. And the people that are trying to tell us. Well, they're they're a professional, so they know it all. You know, and you, sometimes you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, I'm not really sure, but it could be this, could be that, could be this. And, you know, they're trying to use their best judgment, too, with their knowledge, with their experience. But you know yourself. Find you a doctor that doesn't have an ego. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think some of the doctors we've found... Oh, you know, yeah. I love our doctors. They, they like, found some good doctors. They they look at you and they say, well, we can try this. Well, and I think one of the things I like, especially with my primary care doctor, Dr. Stewart, um, he he will ask me what I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, he'll ask me my opinion. Like he knows that I'm very in tune with my body. And that's one thing that I like props props to myself pat myself on the back that i'm very in tune with my body i know when something's off i know when things aren't right you know or nick tells me (laughs) i can tell something's going on with you you know but but we're very in tune i'm very in tune with what's going on and so just the fact that he'll ask me like how are you feeling what do you think you know what are you what are your thoughts on all of this yeah he'll actually listen to my thoughts Knowing that I, I'm an advocate for myself. I'm going to yeah. tell you, you know, what I feel like with my body. And, and he'll use his expertise. He'll use his experience and give me an educated answer. You and know, they almost and a good doctor almost wants to learn from you. Yeah. And that's how you can tell a good doctor. I think is they're, mm-hmm. they're always learning. Mm-hmm. Like they Stuart, don't just know it. Stuart's that way. And, and Dr. Levitt was that way when he Dr. helped Levitt. you. Like yeah. it was, my it seemed like it was a learning experience for both of you. And like, I, honestly, you know, Alejo that delivered your first baby yeah. was like that too. Like mm-hmm. he was totally like learning. Like, let's try this. Let's do, let's this, do together, this together. You know, yeah. yep. and stuff. And yeah, that was awesome. And, and Levitt would sit and listen to my issues. Like I'm, I'm sitting here telling you I'm having these issues and it's tough. And is there anything we can do about it? And what are your thoughts? And he would just sit there and let me tell him my issues as awkward as they were and listen yeah. You know, you get you a doctor that won't come in and just talk the whole time he's in there. Get you a doctor that'll listen to you. Yeah. And so, your concerns. I mean, circling back, I want to circle back to the people in your corner. Yeah. Because I forgot. I mean, we kind of went on a tangent, but I forgot to mention a time in my life when I had people in my corner that I didn't even realize were there. And it's when I was 16 and I got injured. And. Crap was hitting the fan at home for my family. I mean, I had two little sisters. My mom worked. My dad worked. My stepdad. And, like, you can imagine what it's like to hear your kid's never going to walk again. They're in the hospital for who knows how long. And you're supposed to make ends meet at home, take care of your kids, all of these things. So the people that were in my corner at that point were my family. And my family pulled together and they created this schedule because I was a minor, um, they didn't want me at the hospital by myself. There there were things that happened. There were a couple specific things that happened. Um, one time, I, I my stomach was just messed up. And so one time I had to puke. 
And it was like, I'm pushing the nurse's button. And it was literally a matter of like 10 minutes that from like one person coming, one person going. And I just had to like throw up in my blanket on my bed because I didn't have anybody. So then the nurse comes through the door and I'm like, I'm throwing up. Like I need help. And there was no one there. Another time someone came in and I, you know, my sister might've been with me at this point, but he came in and he was like, okay, I'm here to do your therapy for the day. We're here to walk. I got to get you up. Got to get you walking. And I'm like, I'm like, I just was told I can't walk for the rest of my life. Like, are you sure? Turns out he went into the wrong bedroom. (laughs) He pulled me up to the edge of the bed. I don't even think I had had my second surgery yet. And he was, tried to stand me up to walk me. It was Obviously, that, it didn't work. It was that scene from Cobra Kai, too. That my mom was scene, so mad. That cheesy scene from Cobra Kai. I don't know. Where he's like, oh, oh where you're he's good. like, you're going to walk. And I'm like over here like, whoa, okay, if it was that easy, yell in my face if yeah, I can walk. And then sure. he falls, but, yeah. you know, he slowly yeah. comes back. Mm-hmm. We, there's sometimes we see stuff in movies and stuff about yeah. like, people watching. You just but I also did see, this is so random, but I also did see this tan- this uh, this random post that talked about the amount of people in films that were actually in a wheelchair and the percentage was really low. I was so disappointed because I'm like, you are putting putting someone in a wheelchair for a role instead of giving someone that opportunity that has that lives with that disability that knows what it's like to represent the dis- this disabled community. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I when I saw the percentage, I was just like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> why is that not blasted everywhere? Yeah. Right. I mean, let's talk about equality. Yeah. So it's like getting Matt Damon to star in the wall and movie about the, the Great Wall of China. Yeah. <laughs> they did do that. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that kind is. Ridiculous. But yeah. So the people in my corner were my family. They they freaking took shifts. They had a calendar. This person, they signed up for this time, this time, this time. I had my aunts that would braid my hair. I had one of my aunts would tickle my face and my back until I fell asleep when she was there with me. Like props to my family for pulling together my extended family, my mom's brothers and sisters, my dad's brothers and sisters, the people that came to see me. Like seriously, it was a team effort. And I felt like when I listened to my first episode, I didn't address that really. And so that's something I really wanted to go like circle back around to and shout out to my family because when shit hits the fan, they showed up. Well, and, and that also speaks to people that's in your corner, like let them know that, you know, they're in your corner. Yeah. Show up for them. And like, if you think you're in your, someone's corner, like let them know that you're in their corner and you, the people you think that are in your corner, let them know that you appreciate them because there's nothing harder than when you're in someone's corner and you're rooting for them. And they just could care less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and like you want to be there and you want to be supportive and they just don't care. Right. And I'm not trying to like call out anybody. Like, <laughs> no, you know. we're just, we just, just wanted saying, to touch I, on that. If the boot fits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gall. I don't know. I, I'm not thinking of anybody actually. No, when I say yeah. This, but, you know. So um, we're 35 minutes into this and we haven't started our first segment. So do you think well, let's we should go grab some games, grab some games, and we'll circle back to that doctor's visits and autumn deals with UTI <laughs> and bladder infections like on the you daily. know. And I've come to realize after talking about talking to people with spinal cord injuries that this is not something that I just deal with. This is something that 
every spinal cord injury deal deals with and it's a struggle in every spinal cord injury like life or whatever you want to say and it's like a scary thing like because like there's like for me it's an infection I get frustrated with Autumn. I really do when she gets like bladder infections and like, and not that like she gets them like, oh, you got another yeah, one. Yeah, no. It's that I'm like, you got to take your antibiotic. I know she hates it. You I know. hate antibiotics. And it's uh, seriously like it's an internal battle constantly. It's I don't want to go to the doctor because I know I have a UTI and I know that he's going to tell me I have to take an antibiotic and I know that I'm going to struggle like hardcore struggle for the next 10 days because not only is it hard for me to choke that pill down just for the fact of psychologically knowing what could happen or what will happen it's the stomach issues that come along with antibiotics it's making it so that my bowel schedule isn't a regular schedule you know there's so many things that come along with taking antibiotics that it's a psychological thing for me and if you're wondering why people with spinal cord injuries deal with UTIs super often, it's because we have to self-cath or we have to have a catheter. Your body is not made to have something inserted in your body, if that makes sense, yeah. to go pee. And so anytime you're doing that, even though the catheters are sterile and you use a new one each time, um, it's, it's introducing bacteria. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's introducing I mean, you bacteria. Pull the thing out of the you know, there's bacteria in the yep. air, there's bacteria in your hands, you know. Yeah. I mean there you could probably take ten minutes and make sure it was like a surgical room, you know, and to, <laughs> every time you went pee to like prevent this. I think but. even then you would deal with it. I you would and, and even just like with not being able to fill your bladder, you're having spasms or holding your pee for too long or anything like that. So really when I get a bladder infection I just know whether it's the smell, whether it's the color, the cloudiness. I just the way know you feel. the You're way like, I, nah, feel. I feel like crap. Yeah. Yep. Probably got a UTI. Yeah. When I'm like, I, I'm just constantly exhausted. I feel like I get up in the morning and I'm already exhausted just by rolling out of bed. I, you know, I think that's my main thing is that I get lethargic. There was one time. You want to talk about the one time? <laughs> well, it's she, not our that one time, yeah, but, yeah, but it's, one it's time, a story. Autumn, you know, she had this UTI and I was like, all right, you got to take care. You got to take care. And she, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And was I already on antibiotics? You were. And you were also dehydrated and stuff. And mm -hmm. the doctor was like, you got to drink water. And Autumn, I'm like. When I get a water bottle, like, I just, like, chug it, and I'm like... It makes my stomach hurt if I and, drink water too fast. And so, like, Autumn has a hard time just, like, drinking water, yeah. you know, just, like, you know, even, like, sipping on it, like... Yep. She can do it, but, like, she just forgets. Nothing changes. She's just busy. Like, Autumn's always busy. She's always going, yeah. I don't know if you know her. I mean, she, she drinks a lot of Dr. Pepper. I was going to say, you she throw a Dr. Pepper in front of me, I'll drink it. But you don't really <laughs> drink a lot. Like, you just, no, you have a lot of Dr. Pepper. It's it's having it there and the hand-to-mouth motion. Yeah. So, she she doesn't drink a lot, like, a, a volume-wise of, like, mm -hmm. liquids and stuff. And so, that's usually one of the main problems. And I'm always like, you got to drink this, you got to drink this. And I feel like, you know, a mom, you know, mm -hmm. I, I hate it. Yeah. And it's, and it's annoying for her. It's annoying for me. Mm -hmm. And we're both just trying to get through the day. But she got so dehydrated and so bad that we had to. I remember. Had, I think my mom was out of town or something. Because I laid on my mom's bed and you like sat next to me. We weren't even married. We, were married. we weren't married. Yeah, we weren't married. Yeah, you like sat next to me. Sometimes you'd lay down next to me, but I was passed out 90% of the time. I was so tired. 
I couldn't get up. I, you know, I think you're the one that took me to the emergency room. Yeah, I was like, um, yeah, it, we got to yeah. go. And so like, we went in so and they're bad. like, yeah, you're way dehydrated and we have to give you fluids right now. And like, so we spent the night. We didn't sleep there, but we spent no. the, the evening in the hospital. Getting IVs. And, and watching you know, it's guy. so weird because when I, <laughs> when I am dehydrated or, or anything like that, and they're telling me this, like, we got to give you fluids, you're, it's bad. Just them pumping in a couple bags of fluids. Didn't I not seem like a different person? I got more color in my face. Bing. I And it's the same way when I had Brooks and they gave me a blood transfusion and an iron infusion, yeah. like back to back. The next day I woke up and I was like, whoa, my face, does, my face isn't ghost it was like white. That, it was like she just got up like that scene from uh, Dirty Rotten's Country. I'm well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Except so. she didn't jump out of a wheelchair and walk. Oh my. That's <laughs> like one of my Steve favorite Martin. movies, by the way. <laughs> but yeah. So, so I mean, bladder infections. I, I mean, if anything, the gain here is it's made me in tune with my body. I know when something's up. I try my hardest to the way you can avoid in the best way possible is going to the bathroom regularly so you're not holding your pee for yeah. too long and first being clean as you're using the bathroom. Yeah. Make so, sure you're bathing regularly. Yes. Showering, yes. You know, yes. Be so clean when you go to the bathroom, have a clean bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and, and also another gain would be that you've had, you have great doctors that put up with us in our, yeah, they put like, up with me and my drama with uh, <laughs> antibiotics because I bet both my doctors would be like, dude, this chick is crazy when it comes to antibiotics. There, there's, there's more antibiotics that are on the do not take list than are on the take do list. Do take, or can take. And, oh, hell. And there's like a do not take, can take, but will probably rash up, but can use an emergency yep. and there's the do not, you know, and can Well, take. and I've come to find out when and I was, the ones when that, I was pregnant with Brooks, I had, to, I had to take it knowing yeah. it was going to rash me up. I had to take it. My body rashed up. My body peeled. I remember peeling like big old patches of skin off of my hands. Yeah. Just, I, I, you know, I rashed up and I had to do it because I had an infection and I was pregnant and that was the only thing I could take. And Dr. Levitt said to me, hey, are you allergic? Like you're going to die allergic if you take this or are you just having a reaction to it? Yeah. That's not deathly. And I'm like, OK, well, that does make sense as, you know, more and more than anything, I get a reaction to these things than a deathly ill allergy that's going to close my throat and, you know, but it's definitely uncomfortable. Yeah. And definitely. It kind of showed you that there's things that are very uncomfortable. There are things that are hard that sometimes you just have, have to, to do. push through it. And they gave it to you. It was like a, a shot, like a huge, super high dose. No. Oh, this was the one. Yeah. Okay, this is the one you had to take. Yeah. Yeah, they want it. They said so the only other way with, is a shot Benadryl. with a super high dose. So with this one, I had to take the Keflex, is what it's called, and I had to take a Benadryl every four hours. So not only was I dealing with a rash, I was dealing with the effects of a Benadryl that freaking knock me out. <laughs> so it was like full days of just like super tired. And I was freaking like eight months pregnant at the time yeah. with Brooks. So, I mean, I like literally I was leaning on family. I was leaning on Nick. I was leaning on everybody else to get me through these couple of weeks of antibiotics because it just threw me off so bad. So again, be 
find good doctors. Find good, find good doctors or you know, uh, they're not all be in good. tune with your body. Like, they're not all good. Yeah, to some extent. Some just want you in and out. Some you are know? there for the paycheck. They went to school yeah. because they they know from a time they're a kid that that's if you want to make money, you become a doctor. Yeah. You know? So not every doctor is a great doctor. And I'm not no. calling out any doctors. No. Right I'm like, this is <laughs> no, not. No, <laughs> I love my doctors. I, I love the doctors I've worked with. They have been great. And if I didn't love them, I changed. And found doctors I love. I mean, I worked at Tanner Clinic, and I know there's doctors that are there for money, and there's doctors. There. <laughs> you knew it, huh? <laughs> Most of the doctors, every doctor I worked with personally was a great doctor, but, you know, financially Kay. on the other side. Yeah. But, hey, let's should go we, to... Should uh, we move on to rewind? Yeah. Re... We need like a... A wicket track. But it's not rewinding. Rewinding would be like like the old tape it's rewinding. Remix. Like the old tape rewinders, you know, you threw your tape... Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Okay, so where we left off, um I we had just gotten married in my story dun, from dun, last dun, time. Dun, and dun, then dun, dun, um I was pregnant. I got pregnant in August. We got married in May. Everyone, I got pregnant in August. Everyone always asks me, like, Oh, you're so young. Yeah, I'm like, Yeah, and I have you know, I'm like, actually I'm thirty, you know, one or You're thirty two. Two and they're like, oh, yeah, do you have any kids? Or, like, I'll have, like, one of, I'll have, like, yeah. Brooks with me. They're like, oh, you're oh, first. how young is he? And I'm like, he's one and a half. Like, oh, yeah, I have one at home, too. And I'm like, oh, I have two others, you know. Yeah. I have a 10-year-old now. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and and uh, they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how are, old are, are you? Like, how old are you? Are you I married? I got that at the Grizzly game you know, a couple you, weeks ago. You're married? And, yeah. And I'm like, yes. And we got married in May yeah. and had our first kid in May. So do the math. One there's, year. There's nine months, you know, time in there. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't well, a shotgun wedding. I, think, I honestly think that we dated for three and a half, almost four years before we got married. And I we got the wiggles out. We got, we realized we wanted to be together. And I honestly think when we got married, it was just like, I'm ready to start my family. Like, yeah. I'm ready to be a mom. I'm ready to get through the crap. No, like... We may not have it all figured out. I truly don't believe you're ready for a kid ever. Never. Never. <laughs> like, you're never you ready just, for a kid. You have to commit that you are going to to be ready in a sense. You're going to live day to day and get, you know, raise this kid in the best way possible that you it, can. It's like that scene from Indiana Jones where he's going through the the three steps to get to the Holy Grail and he just has the leap of faith. You know, you just have to have a leap of faith when you have yeah. a kid and you just, for me, for me, it's just it's knowing testicles, while launch, and then you just take the step, <laughs> <You're> you know, <laughs> you take the step for me. It's just having like a little bit of faith in yourself that like, Hey, I'll get through. And, and there was a sense of like anxiety because with Alexi, she was my first. Yeah. There was a lot of learning with that one. There was a lot of learning and, and so, um, let's kind of get into it. I, um, I was so sick. <laughs> do you remember? I, I do remember. I remember sitting on the floor with you. Like, are you the worst? I will say the worst part about being a husband of a pregnant wife is like, you, you can't Help. do anything. You can't. Yeah. You can, Comfort. you can get her whatever food she wants. You can rub her back, but like, you can't take on any of like the actual pain, the actual suffering. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to watch. So, yep. and I mean, props to any woman out there who's ever been pregnant 
you know, or births a child or whatever. <laughs> like, it's props definitely not to you. Easy. And props to any husband who's like just sat there through it and yeah. like. And been the supporting and, role. And been there. Yep. Like, I mean, there's definitely husbands like, oh, yeah, she's pregnant or whatever. And yeah. but like, like, really like enjoyed the pregnancy with her, like, yeah. or endured it with her. Yeah. Because it was a hard time. And I honestly, when. When Autumn was going to, you know, decided she wanted to have a third child. And I was like, are you sure you want to yeah. do this? Like, we, we did a lot of talking. I mean, like, it's going to be hard we on you. We also went I was through more... three years, two and a half years of infertility. Yeah. And so I was there really... was time to think and debate if it was the right thing for us. Yeah. And I kept on saying, like, it. I know how hard this is for you. Mm-hmm. you know, and I'm know. older now. And so... But move so, on. So, yeah, um, I just had gotten to the point that I felt like I knew my body in a sense, and pregnancy kind of threw that all, like, out the window. I found out the hard way I had to wear diapers, like, the second half of my pregnancy, which was hard for me. Um, the baby's head was just, like, boom on your bladder. I mean, you sit the whole time. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, there's no standing up to relieve that pressure off your bladder or relieve the pressure from down low. That pressure is just constant, and it makes you actually face faster. I dealt with that with all three pregnancies. But um, I was super sick. We talked about, and it was accomplishment if I got through the day without throwing up. To this day, I won't eat Thai coconut curry (laughs) for that reason. You know it. I love Thai food. (laughs) I love it. And, like, honestly, like, I thought I was like, you know, I'm going to go out to dinner with my friends. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get all the stuff. I'm making myself some curry, and I'm going to have myself some Thai food. That was just one that I threw up that it was just like I, I feel like every person has that thing that they threw up that it's just like I can't. I can't stomach eating it again. Dude, that was macaroni and cheese for me as a kid. My dad Ooh. kept on microwaving it and then adding water, then microwaving <laughs> and adding water, and it was the most disgusting thing that I threw up. And I will never eat Western Family macaroni and cheese, <laughs> or I never eat. I didn't eat macaroni and cheese for a long I time. I bet you never that. eat egg drop soup for that reason too. Yeah, egg drop soup massacre. Rest in peace, <laughs> the choice. The choice. Best restaurant in town, you know, oh, but man, girl. I cannot eat the drop soup. Sorry, Joy. <laughs> I love you, buddy, but I can't do it. Okay, back to it. As I got to about eight months, things kind of got, that's where things kind of got real for me that it was going to be hard. I wasn't able to put like my wheelchair in the car anymore. So my, my independence was kind of taken a little bit. I mean, I had a huge belly in front of me. How are you supposed to be? And you're not supposed to lift and all that jazz. Um, our bed is higher up. So anytime I try to transfer into the bed, uh, Nick had to like be there. Not to mention my like equilibrium was completely off. So I was constantly like, you know, I didn't feel. And although I can't feel my feet and I can't balance, they do help me when I transfer. And so balancing while I transfer like it just wasn't there. It was like I felt like I had to be have you next to me, like hold my hand while I transfer up here just in case because otherwise I'm freaking falling over, you know. Um, I kept having signs of preterm labor and I had to get a steroid shot to develop to develop Alexi's lungs. Um, <laughs> the fu- fun fact about this is like Autumn, I think we went to the hospital twice with like pre labor, pre labor, yeah, and I was just like, and. They sent us home both times or mm-hmm. whatever. And well, I, I was way early on. And so, like, after those, like, with her other kids, I'm like, we are not going to the hospital because I know. <laughs> I we mean, were they s- were valid concerns. I know. We, they were. But... We were young and we didn't know. But now I was like, 
we are not going to hospital well, until I we are like having a kid. Well, I feel like any mom can relate to the <laughs> fact of like... I don't know well, what's going on, and I don't want all of a sudden a baby to fall out, and t- like who knows what'll happen. I've never been into labor. What is that labor? And there was times is that, that what I labor was feels like and stuff like that. Yeah, that was really scary. Yeah, like, honestly, and, when you're when you're dealing with it for the first time, like you're yeah, too- it's just a little bit more extreme. Whereas like with the second and third baby, it was kind of like okay, let's let's let it play out a little like, bit let's, more. Let's breathe. Take a, a deep breath. Bit, like, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I got the steroid shot in my bum. Let's talk about shots for a second. <laughs> Autumn is very fortunate that she cannot feel her bum because my she, butt cheeks. <laughs> yeah, she just gets every shot in that bum cheek. Well, I had to get a Rogam shot with all three of my kids because I'm I have O negative blood, yeah. and I'm so they would be like, "All right, we're here to give you a shot," and I'm like, "Dude, if I just pull my pants down and bear it, can you just do it in my butt cheek?" <laughs> yeah, because then I can't feel it because you know how the sight of like your shot is usually sore or your arm is sore the next day. Why wouldn't you want to get it in your butt cheek where you can't feel it and can't feel the pain the next day and stuff? Like, hello, let's use the positive things while we can. <laughs> after our after the pregnancy, whatever, I we're gonna jump ahead. Little spoiler here, but the autumn had to get um, what are those shots called? Heparin. Heparin shots. Blood because, thinners. You know they didn't want to hurt. Well, after surgeries, I have C section, so after surgeries, they I don't walk. I can't walk to make sure blood clotting doesn't happen. So they after every baby they would send me home with shots. Yeah, shots of heparin. And I'd have to give these shots. You know, sometimes it was like vials and I'm yep. on it or sometimes they were preloaded. And I give them to her in her butt and one time she's like, Oh, and I was like, Whoa, did you feel that? And she's like, No, just go. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never well, given you a yeah, shot. Yeah, because ever Nick's again. not a big medical person. Like him giving me those Rogam shots was like a huge thing for him because Nick is not not that he a lot of his family gets like a little bit woozy and you know, passes out <laughs> when that kind of stuff goes on. Nick's never been that way, but definitely giving me shots, he it definitely eased his mind that I couldn't feel it because <laughs> I feel like if he knew it hurt me every time, it would be like, oh. I always I always told the the girls that I worked with that were all like, you know, uh, children, MAs, uh, MAs, whatever. Pediatric, pe- yeah. Pediatrics, you know, like giving kids shots would be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Like, I feel for those MAs because there's no way in this world that I could give a little baby a shot. And listen to him scream. Oh, like, I about cry when I'm the mom. I did that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So, shortly after 36 weeks, I had an infection. They called it an infection. Um, they admitted me to the hospital because my body kept going into labor because of the infection. And they kept stopping the labor. They couldn't figure out where the infection was coming from. But I'm sure it was my bladder. Because now, even if I take a test and it says negative, they'll put it in the dish and let it grow. Yeah. And it always comes back positive. Yeah, they're always like, oh, There's you're always you're, an infection. You're a pee look good, no infection. And then like three Two days, days later, three we days. get a call. You know what? Just kidding. It grew. Culture, culture came back. Yep. Get on some antibiotics. Yep. And it's just like, the, it's the same story on repeat over and over yeah. and over, you know. So I'm, I'm sure that's what it was, but it's just like we didn't know that that was happening, you know? And so they, they were kind of like, I don't know what it is. And so they kept me there. They, on our first anniversary, we spent our first anniversary in the hospital because they told me I was going to be delivering on May 7th. 
2011 and that is one year after our anniversary and i'm like i don't want to have our baby on our anniversary for the yeah. rest of our life it's going to be birthday on anniversary you know and we, so I, I went out and got texas roadhouse and you laid in the bed and i laid we ate in some the, takeout the recliner yep it was, it was a romantic <laughs> first night. first anniversary first anniversary me? we didn't even eat the cake oh we didn't man eat the cake topper oh. julie ate it a week later after that <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that it was actually like a year later that oh. it got pulled out of the freezer and we were like oh yeah we were supposed to eat this yeah i have a picture of julie eating it it's awesome <laughs> Good time. Um, so they kept me for a few days. I spent like the fir our, my first Mother's Day, so to say, because I was about to have a baby in the hospital. Um, one week later, so they 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 sent me home, and literally we days were there for like a week though. Like, and every yeah. day they would come in and be like, "We're delivering." Okay, if we cannot get it away today, my temperature wouldn't go down. We're delivering tomorrow, and they come in the next day. Okay. If it, we can't get it down today, we're delivering yep. tomorrow. And like it was a week of yeah. that. Yeah. And it was and then we go home. We went home literally for like probably two days. It was it two was or three days. No, it was a little more than that. I think it was about a week. Well, it was thirty six weeks when I had the infection and I had the baby thirty seven weeks in one day. Because we had already been there for a couple of days when it was mm -hmm. our anniversary on the seventh. So yeah. I think we went home mm -hmm. and then we came back on yeah. the seventeenth. Probably. Yeah, because she was born the seventeenth and it was just like I got there and it, yeah. We were there less time after we had a baby than we were there when you had the infection. Mm hmm Yeah, and I had her with uh, with a C-section. Um, that was a decision we had to make. That wasn't just like standard. Most, that, most spinal cord injuries, your body will push the baby out. You know, and and for us, we had to weigh the options of a regular birth. Um, or a C-section. And we kind of came to the conclusion, Nick and I and the doctor came to the conclusion that chances were my body was going to have to go into a C-section if things weren't pushing. I mean, I well, had to completely rely. I can't bear down. Well, I had to rely on my body to get it out. And I can't remember the percentage he gave us, but it was like a super high percentage that I was already going to have to go into a C-section emergency if we well, tried vaginal. Like we and like this is what we're talking about. I feel like we keep on circling back to doctors on this episode. But Dr. Alejo was a great doctor and he just wanted to mm -hmm. learn with us. So like every week we had an appointment with him. He was like. I, I talked to this doctor and I talked yep, to this doctor. He like learned. And so, and like he came up with all these like, okay, the chances of you going to C-section if you were an able-bodied person is, you know, 25% mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh, and yeah, I can't remember the And then he kept going on the thing like, okay, but you have this. Okay, what's the chance of you getting spinal damage is this? Yes. You know? And just none of it was really like high percentage. Like, yeah. you know, like 90% you're going to lose, you know, but there was all these percentages like, you know, the only one that sounds like it's, got the best like outcome is just is going, a c-section well and that's the thing is if you go in even if you're in labor and that's the plan that's in your birth plan you are having a c-section already you're not relying on your body to push it out and then going crap she's stuck yeah you know we gotta get her into the emergency room right now get her in the or get her operated on get the baby out c-section boom everything i wanted this like even though i went into labor with all three of my kids and didn't have to be like started it still was this feeling of like i'm here we're gonna wait for a certain amount of time and not not progress the the labor let it kind of progress slowly <laughs> and then boom we're gonna have 
yeah. the C-section, you and know. Like, and like, you're like, okay, the doctor's coming at 7.30 and we'll have a baby then. Both my two know. were at 7.30 and, no, it was 7.48 and 7.52 was Alexi and Alice. Yeah. And then Brooks was like, he was on one a Sunday. something. He was on a Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. A little earlier. Yeah. A little matinee action on Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was like we hung out of the hospital all day, watched hockey, and then went in, had the Yeah. And so having a C-section was just a personal decision that we just thought we want it to be chill. We don't want it to be super chaos. I can't do the like anxiety we, of emergency. And, you know, I, I already knew my chances were high of having to have a C-section. I've had how many surgeries and big back surgeries that were eight hour long surgeries. I think I can do a C-section, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've had our own trials and, you know, hardships about going in C-sections. There's different like, you know, complications with it. You know, the shots in the butt after or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, we've never had that, like, uh, yeah. push, like, ah, uh, <laughs> the baby, all the cars wrapped. Yeah, wrapped. I like, do have to we've say. We've never had that scary, one, like. One thing, I mean, Brooks did go to the NICU. That was scary for me because yeah. I couldn't be with him. You were with him. But I do have to say, like, I did miss that, like, skin-to-skin moment, like, after the babies were delivered because they always like showed them to us and then took them and you went with them. Yeah. And then so I never got that like mama, like feeling of like, this is my baby. Hi baby. This is me. Like I'm your mommy. You know, I never got that until it was 30, 45 an hour after the baby was born and I finally got to see him. So I know you got to spend time with them because you went through all the stuff with them, you lucky dog, but I didn't. So, um, oh, let's talk about the spinal block. So with the first baby, I did a spinal block and it worked great. Yeah, I don't really know. One shot, one shot in my spine. The spinal block is kind of just like a quick dose. They do the surgery and then it wears off. Whereas an epidural is a consistent thing. They can turn up, turn down, and they turn it off when they want to turn it off. Um, And I had both ways. (laughs) Yeah. The third one, I had a spinal block that didn't work. And And then then I had an epidural that wasn't all the way numb and like worst delivery ever. Um, but with Alexi, with my first pregnancy, the spinal block worked great. It numbed my legs even more than they already were. And that is a crazy (laughs) feeling. Like if you want to know how I feel a hundred percent of the time, think of going through mamas that have had babies with an epidural. Think of that epidural, that tingly in your feet where you can't control your feet. You can't move them on your own. You need help. That is the best way I can explain how I feel all the time. One of the things you say to me, like, that gives me, like, the most, like, Oh, heebie-jeebies is like when like you're like you know when your hand I'm like oh my hands asleep it like it's tingling. She's like that's how my feet feel all the all time. All the time. And I'm just like, dude, how do you go through? But the day? I also have like phantom pains that like pain on the bottom of my foot, yeah. or or like it itches. I can't itch it. I can't satisfy the itch. I can't like it'll just hurt or it'll just itch, and I can't get rid of that. Like I know Autumn's always like my leg hurts so bad and yeah. like where she can't feel it. Yep. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's phantom pains and, and there's no way to explain phantom pains other than <laughs> what I just said. And the, it, they hurt, they, they hurt, they're uncomfortable They're It's feels like your mind's playing tricks on you. Like no good. Phantom pains are no good. They've tried to give me medications for them. They all make me feel out of it. And you know how I feel about 
medications that make me feel out of it. I'm not down. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but uh, when we had the baby with Alexi, we spent every night, we spent three nights there. Mm-hmm. And every night we spent in a different room. Yeah. One <laughs> night I woke up with water on my bed. <laughs> yeah, the freaking ceiling was leaking water. Yeah. And and we we were at Ogden Regional. But honestly, Ogden Regional was a fun hospital. It was chill. It was chill. Like It was chill. And... And then we, we had to move. We moved. We were, they didn't have the, the C-section room open. So we Unit, were in one. Yeah. And then we moved to the C-section room and then they moved us out of the C-section Well, that's room when I back. got water. So then they moved yeah. us out of the C-section unit back to a different unit. It was just like, it was full. The, so the there best was, was the day of the night. You know what? There's a chance you might go home today, but they'll probably keep you another night. And I, we just like packed no, our bags. I that, always want to go home like as soon as possible. I hate the hospital. And so we just packed our bags like, no, we're going home tonight. Yeah. And like, we just, we're like, when they come in, let's just have everything packed. And like, yeah. we'll just say, we're ready to go. And yeah. if they say we have to stay, then. I guess we'll I was, stay. And the best part was like, I was like, well, I have a, my, it was the men's league was starting that, I went that to night. a hockey game. You guys, I was a new mom. <laughs> Don't judge. I took my four-day-old to a hockey game. <laughs> oh, she was bundled. She. This is Alexi. I guess you know why she's so into hockey these days. But no, she was bundled like a little burrito in my like front carrier, and I had a blanket over top of her. She was as happy as no, a no, clam. No. The, the, the best part of the story is that you, you say that's why Alexi loves hockey so much, but really like the funny part is that this is how much Autumn loves hockey. It's like, <laughs> it's like I was like, I have a game tonight. You know, I run the team. I run the Beavers, so I got gotta be there you know i gotta yeah. like kind of and i'm like well i can't i'm the goalie too. and like she's like okay just get me home get me situated and you know and then like i got closer and she's like you know what i just want to go well and go. you have to think of it from my perspective of like a normal mom that that walks with c-section she's going to for me i can sit so that is a gain of being That's in a wheelchair. Exactly what you said. You said yeah. I can sit at the well, game. Well, am I going to sit at home or am I going to sit at a game? Like, I, you know, whether I sit here or sit there, what's the difference? You know. So yeah, and Lexi went to a game. There's a lot of people old. that like. I'm sure they thought I was a horrible mom. Like she Fine. rolled in and like, didn't you just have a baby? And she's like, yep, she's right here. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And like everyone like said congratulations when I came in the locker room mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, yeah, Autumn came, you know. Yeah. And they're like, well, I can't wait to meet the baby. I was like, well, go to the stands. Yep. You know, she's here. Yep. So, I mean, that that's a fun memory, you yep. know. And the, Hockey runs deep with us. This isn't. Hockey is more to our family than just game. <laughs> Hockey is our lifestyle. It really like, is. Every single person, even Alice that is like, I love dance. She has a favorite hockey team, and you best believe that her bedspread on her bed is an Anaheim Ducks bedspread. <laughs> she likes hockey. She's trading cards. She's... In fact, her favorite player that got traded from the Ducks <laughs> to the Bruins is playing against my team in the playoffs right now, and I made her cry the other day because I was like, I hate Nick Ritchie. You know, he, he did something. And, yeah. and she's like, oh, Nick Ritchie. And Autumn was like, Nick Ritchie sucks. sucks. And she like <laughs> started crying. I was like, it's playoff. It's playoffs. You got to give me some some slack here. Oh, I felt man. bad. It was freaking awesome. Anyway, back to it. I, de- I did develop a rash. Do you remember the rash that yeah. for with the hospital? Um, I think it's from the antibiotics they ran during surgery. But it could have been from the pain meds. So... 
like there was this weird thing that happened when I was in the hospital of like, I don't know if it developed a reaction because I was not allergic to codeine all the time. Like I codeine wasn't something that I was allergic to before my accident. It was like after my accident, I would rash up and, and medic like pain medication rash is different than antibiotic rash. Pain yeah. medication rash is a lot more mild. A lot of the time it'll just be on like my chest or on my legs, you know, cause I mean, you take a dose and then you're done, you know, but, um, I don't know if it's cause I took it at the same time as I was getting like those super heavy antibiotic treatments, but I'm allergic to a lot of stuff now as far as like pain meds. And that probably has to do with why I just don't take pain meds, you know? Yeah. Autumn gets done with C-sections and like, they're like, okay, do you want something for the pain? Like some Percocets? You're going to some... take away my next. <laughs> I was going to talk about next. <laughs> and, the, and Autumn's always like, um, just send me home with some ibuprofen 800s. Yeah. Like that'll yeah. do. Well, and usually like, okay, so like they, they would give me like the, with Brooks, for example, they gave me morphine that first day after the first day after having Brooks, um, because the pain, I mean, I was going through a blood transfusion through an iron infusion. Like I, I was dealing with a lot of pain, not even, not really from that, but just a lot. It, I guess psychologically the pain and all of the other things was too much to handle. For me, I've gotten to a point where I can handle the pain. But when there was so many other things, it was just like, oh. So that day after, I they gave me morphine. Um, and then usually after the first day or so, I could just alternate Tylenol, Ibuprofen, Tylenol, Ibuprofen, uh, like 800 milligrams. But I could just do that alternating. And it would really for the most part, take care of my pain. So, or make it that I could stand the pain, you know, I'm just, they, they would always send me home with a prescription for heavier, heavier meds. And I just never, you know, I never filled the prescription. I always just did the ibuprofen and the Tylenol. And that's part partially because I didn't feel like I needed those meds. And it was another one of those things of like, I, I, I don't need it. So why would I take it when I don't need it? You know what I mean? So should we stop there? Sure. With the story. That's enough story time. Yeah. Rewind. <laughs> and yeah, let's move on to that that one time. <laughs> okay. So we we go to California a lot. We were and, Disney or, or annual we, passer yeah. holders for a long time. And even that that year that we were pregnant, you know. Oh my gosh, we went like pregnant. three times with my first pregnancy. That <laughs> like seven eight month time we went, I was like, "What the hell am I doing? Why am I here when I'm seven months pregnant in a wheelchair?" I'm pretty sure transferring into rides. <laughs> Alexia's probably conceived, you know. In Disneyland, or were you not in Disneyland? Um, She was. (laughs) In California. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our friends have this joke of the family bathroom because there was this one time at Disneyland that me and Nick both went in. They had these bathrooms that was like a family bathroom. He went in with me. You know, I mean, he, he helps me occasionally if I need help or if it's like I need a stand or something and he needs help. I need help doing that or whatever. So he came in with 
with me and our friend Choi snapped a picture of us coming out of the family bathroom. <laughs> I think I was seven. That, that's when I was seven months pregnant. Yeah. But that's because how many months earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disneyland the hat, trip. The, the family bathroom trip. Because <laughs> we had also got in the yeah. family bathroom. And I was like, oh, I, what you guys don't, doing? Don't there? worry. No funny business ever happened in the family bathroom. We'll but, talk about. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> so, so okay, that one time we go to we go to Disneyland a lot, and we're going. And one time, this was this was a couple years ago, actually. Yep. And we're driving home from California. And we're on the. Well, walk. my hand controls kept doing this, like, like you would push the brake. So, so for example, if you can just imagine with me, you my hand controls are kind of a lever, and this one lever out to the left of the steering bottom of the steering wheel connects to my accelerator and my brake. So I push down to go, I release the accelerator and it it's kind of like with your foot, how you release the accelerator and it kind of slows down on its own, but it does keep keep a little somewhat yeah. of a pace. And then I would push that same lever in to brake. So um, every time I would brake on this trip, it, it just kind of would like, give I, I mean it would it would do the break and then it would give and kind of like push hard you know yeah. like it would kind of click almost and yeah. i was like nick there's something going on you know we really learned from this experience that we need to consistently have my hand controls maintenance and checked yeah and that's a very important thing of having hand controls and this is a a, a reason why yeah. so we so, went through this whole vacation with it doing that weird click thing Nick, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so we're driving along this stretch of highway. It's still in California. Yeah, we were headed home. And it's it's one of those long stretches where they have on the right side the like truck lane. Mm-hmm. And so, and Autumn's driving and she's like, Nick. Like, well, I just heard click and then, yeah, we heard this, and like, then the metal hit. Yeah, and we like, heard this, you like, could tell cha-ching. the metal bounced off of each other. Yeah, we heard this like cha-ching and she's like, Nick. And I was like, what? She's like, um, I'm pretty sure my hand control is just broke. I can't break. And she's like, yeah. Look. Luckily, it was at night. There was nobody around no, it us. Was, it was like the evening. evening. It was like, yeah. So like there the was roads, hardly any cars. It was like a Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. or Sunday evening. So there was still cars on the road, but not like a whole lot. Not like to where I so couldn't get over. I, I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, look. And I was like, uh, okay. so I just stopped accelerating. Yeah. And I, I threw on my blinker. To get, because I was in the left lane, to get over. So we went into the truck lane. Yeah. Nick leans over in my lap. And I and just, I pushes slowly... on, with his hand <laughs> on the brake pedal. Yeah. Like, like I thought we were going to die. And so we got to the side of the road. And a lot of people, like a fun fact is like a lot of people, like whenever Autumn's car, I'm like, here, will you just go move Autumn's car? And they're like. Does it have pedals? Um, I don't, you want me to move her car? And I'm like, yeah, yeah just move it. And they're like. Does so I mean is the hand controls like how do you do it? I'm like there's, there's regular pedals. there's regular pedals in yeah. there, don't worry. And then there there was one time I forget who moved your car and was like, Man, those hand controls are really touchy and I'm like, You didn't have to use the hand controls. Like, oh really? <laughs> yeah, they don't realize the pedals still work. <laughs> uh, it's and, more and my like, hand controls are connected to the pedals. Yeah, and, and I and I I never drive in the hangar. No. I've done it for fun, you know, yeah. like when we first, you know, yeah. got it. But like, I don't even, I Nick don't think, I, I only them. have touched the hand controls other than like hitting with my knee when I'm getting out mm-hmm. sometimes in a long time. It's a little annoying to drive, I'm sure, with the brake pedal that you can feel it connected. Cause no, the, you can't. I, I you never can't feel, feel it anymore. It, no. I, I know I, that first set was right there in the center top of the brake. Maybe that's, maybe it just naturally just use the corner you of the, probably of the do. pedal. But, 
But like when you drive with Autumn, it's hard to like believe that she's driving with her hand. Yeah, because like, it's smooth. It is I've, smooth. I've been driving driving for over ten years now. So I mean, it's pretty cool to like know that like she's driving with her hands and like yeah. if you know Autumn, she's always busy. You know, so she's yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to drive. Nick Nick drives. I would say this last year you drive more than you drove. Be like yeah, Autumn in usually the past. drives, but lately, I'm usually the one that likes to drive. Just getting a little busier lately, so I've been driving a lot more. Yeah, so, so I'm like, you drive. I'm doing this on my phone. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah. So he we stopped. I we jumped, over, jumped the over the seat. Yeah, because we were, we're. I mean, we're still we're on the side of the road, and we're still in the like next to the truck lanes. Like when every truck passes like, through that, wind, yeah, you can like fill your whole yep. car. Yep. And we have at this point two little kids in the yeah. back. I, th- I think they were both asleep at this Probably. point. So. Yeah. So Nick jumped over the seat and mm, drove, drove home. And then when we got home, we had it serviced and learned the lesson that get your hand control serviced, especially if you're feeling like something's off. Yeah. But I drove it for so long with it that way that it was like, eh, it's fine, you know. Then we go to California, and of course it happens then. I'm just, I'm grateful it happened on a stretch of highway that I could slowly kind of let and my then car. I was in the car. What would you have done if you were? I honestly probably would have lifted my leg on it and tried to manage. And just like... <laughs> well, I, as good as I could. I mean, that's better than running into the back of the car in front of you. That's true. So that's true. we we learned something that day though. Don't don't drive if your hand controls are feeling sketchy. <laughs> Get your hand controls checked regularly from. Okay, <laughs> no, so I We're too bad we don't have an ad right here to like pump right? you know, someone's brakes. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh gall, you're funny. Okay, uh, so that's the end of our episode. But I had a couple questions that I wanted to ask you because I feel like our listeners would want to know these kind of things from the perspective of a husband. Is All that right, okay? Let's go. Okay. So, I'm in the hot seat. Literally, my butt is sweating. Oh, my gosh, Nick. <laughs> Amanda wrote me today, and she's like, Nick makes me laugh that episode where you're like, I take big dumps. <laughs> I'm like, that is Nick. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, what's the hardest part of being married to someone that has a disability? Um... The hardest part, honestly, is that it would be easy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with these. Yeah. So, like, the hardest part is that you know that it it would be easy to just walk away from it. Like, yeah. and just, it, you like, there would have been easier Too much ways. baggage. And, yeah. And, like, there is, like, there's sometimes where you're, like, you know, like, where you're dealing with things. And they're, like, I'm not a perfect person. Like, there is times I'm, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, man, why? Like, so how would it be? This. How would it be to just have a wife that just, you know, didn't have you, you know, get up four times to get her hair tied? You know, yeah, like, it's just little things that, like, that, like, I just have to like mentally be like, okay, I understand it's a lot harder for her to do these little things, and I and I try, and, and I'm pretty this, sure there's times the part where, where I can where help. I get frustrated, and you probably like, oh man, he's. He's sick of me, you know. I, yeah. I and I feel bad in that situation because I'm not perfect, and I, mm-hmm. I do get frustrated. But there's a lot of times where it's just like, man, you know, like to not have to deal with these things sometimes would be so nice. Like just to, like, you know, like your bathroom issues. Like there's times where like, we just we just have to like things. we just have to like sit there and wait, and you know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. 
Man, it is what it is it type is what thing. It is. And so there's times like that or, you know, yeah. like the, 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 the things, I mean, every time we go into the grocery store and it takes us 10 minutes, you know, and, or just like getting in them from the car, like to be like, Hey, can't you carry something else in? Yep. Like, no, nah, yep. I, I can't say that. Like, I mean, it does put a lot on your plate. Yeah. I mean, when you're, we're talking about a disability here that I can't carry groceries in, I can't mow the lawn. I can't. Or every time we go to someone's house, like I'm like, okay. Yeah, he's he's got to take the baby in. He's got to take me in. He's got to get the diaper bag. He's you know. And there's and there's been times where we've been at people's houses and like I walk in with the friends and we're talking and we're hanging out, and then Autumn gets left outside because people are like, well, I'm gonna go inside too, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like I have to keep a mental tab on subconsciously know where she's at, what she's doing. I can't, it's like, that's the hardest part is like one, keeping a mental tab on like what's going on with you mm-hmm. and making sure that you're being the caretaker, you know, cause I'm honestly not the best person at looking at my phone. Like sometimes I'll like mm, look at my phone and like, I know that, Hey, uh, I'm outside alone or I got left. Yeah. Here, like, you know? can you come help me? You know? Yeah. And so like, I was just being honest. Like that's, yeah. there's so many times that there's like, this could have been, this life could have been easier, but you know what? On the flip side, like, I love you, mm-hmm. and I love being married to you. So it's and, worth and all the garbage, <laughs> <laughs> the baggage. And there's times where, like, you know, or me and the kids, like, we'll go to the store. Like, we went to the mall for Mother's Day, and, like, it was just, like, instinct to, like, open up the back of the car. And, like, I was just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she's not here with us. And so there's there's things that I would really, I think that there's, we, we fall in love with our hardships. Yeah. You know, and, like, it's a labor of love or whatever you want to call it. Like, I really love. There's those um, moments where you you. feel needed too. there's, there's kind of that satisfaction of like, she needs me. Yeah. She needs my help, you know, and And you're a caretaker. You're just genuinely a person that wants to take care of others. Yeah. And you know, there's days where me and Autumn fight and we get really mad at each other and that's, and that's whatever. But like, there's never been a time that I don't want to just like, we could have just had the worst argument in the world that we've ever had. And mm-hmm. I would just want to like lay with you and like, just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, hold you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I love, I love it. it. Um, another question. If you could change one thing about my disability, what would it be? Only one thing. <laughs> just one thing. Um, <sighs> If you could fly, you know, no, 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 the disability, like, like if you could have something back, bowel and bladder, if I didn't have bowel and bladder issues, if I didn't have, if it's the walking, no, it'd definitely be bowel and bladder. Yeah. Cause I know that's what's really hard for you. Mm -hmm. Like, cause like walking, that would probably solve a lot of like the hard, that would take a lot off my plate, but like the bowel and bladder, like that would take a lot off your plate. So that's what I, and I don't think, and, and I love that you say it that way because I don't think people realize how big, I mean, that is 100% all the time on my mind. Yeah. If I'm having bathroom issues, like I'll come out of the bathroom and be like, Nick, I'm having bathroom issues. Just, just know it. Yeah. Every like, time we go in somewhere is like, we have to make sure we, I mean, we talked about the catheter yep. story, like, or if like we're going into the Maverick center and mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't want to take a whole bag. Just and to have and it's, one hidden cathet- from, it's, it's hidden from your eyes. Like it's hidden from someone else's eyes. And it's something, it's like someone that constantly has that dark cloud of depression 
over top of them and they just can't shake it and they just can't get over it. And it's constantly like they're trying to have a good time and it's constantly pulling them down. And and that's me. That's that's my bowel and bladder. I'm constantly like having to worry about it. And it's constantly like I'm just going to go to the bathroom just in case. Yeah. Or, you know, it's it's definitely something that is a priority like constant 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 and if and if it wasn't then we're stuck and and there's times where like we're we're hanging out somewhere we're outside and like we just literally came outside and got a a game of volleyball or something going Mm -hmm. and i'm like i gotta go i was like hey i gotta go to the bathroom can you take me inside and i gotta be like all right everyone hold on right now i gotta go take autumn inside and i can't just be like take her inside go back outside and i gotta like hang out you know Mm -hmm. and it's not always a quick thing so right so honestly, the bowel and bladder, I think, is something like you said. It's it's that dark cloud that no one else knows because right. like, they see your wheelchair. They they know you can't walk. Yes, they and they see can that. accommodate that. They're like, oh hey, we we moved a chair so you yes. can sit right here. We we moved the things, you know, like yeah. But they, bowel and bladder is not something even you can accommodate for me. That's something that I have to deal with on my own all the time. Yeah, and I guess that that is like depression or something or mm-hmm. anxiety that like nobody else can really, I mean, people can make it better for you, Easier. But, but there's in the end, it's got a, it's a personal battle. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. Last question. If you could give another dude advice on dating or marrying someone in a wheelchair, what would you tell him? Um, don't love them because they're a project. Don't love them because they're, you know, uh, something like I'll, I'll say like when I, when I first started dating autumn, like, you know, like I was, and like I told my friends like, Hey, I'm dating this girl, you know, autumn, mm-hmm. she's in a wheelchair and whatever. And a lot of people are, they'd be like, Oh, that's that girl in the wheelchair. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. Like, she's like if you date a girl in a wheelchair, you're going to get into heaven for sure. Like. You get a free pass yeah. into heaven. Yeah. And I, and, and like, I was like, yeah, whatever. But like, honestly, I think that some people that dated you or like, they almost saw that it was a, a not a story, but like a, oh yeah, I'm going to yeah. date that girl. Good for me because I'm dating her. Yeah. Like don't do it because you, you want that attention or like, you know, there's always the guy who, who takes the, you know, the the handicapped girl, the prom, and it's this big picture, you know, and this thing, and it's a story of how great this guy was Mm -hmm. because he was the football captain. He took this, you know, girl, and, like, that's great. Those stories are great. But don't make that person's wheelchair, like, that story. Yes. Because in in that picture, like, you're saying, oh, that's such a cool story, but, like, why is it such a cool story? Like, because they're in a wheelchair, like, or because yeah. they have yeah. Down syndrome and something, like, no, like, you should. You marry should just, them, you date them because you love them, not like, because yeah. of what they are. Yeah, because you are Autumn, and what it makes you look like, I guess. Yeah, and and there's a lot of people like we've talked about this that said marrying her is going to make your life hard. Marrying her is you like, and there was a lot of people that just like it's kind of like they don't want you to work a bad job, you know, and something. And like, they want you to like, well, they want you to be, they want you to be happy. And they think that that person's going to drag you down because of their, their problems and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think love them for them. Like, don't 
like you don't gotta, love them for the story. You got to look past their wheelchair. Like yep. if and like that shouldn't be a thing. Honestly, if you're dating someone and getting very serious with someone, the wheelchair should not be even an aspect. It should be I'm dating Autumn because I love Autumn. Yeah, I'm I'm going to marry Autumn because I love Autumn and I'm willing to take on those things. But it's not it's not I'm marrying that person in a wheelchair. Or I'm dating that person in a wheelchair because of the satisfaction and the praise I get from others. Yes. So my own my I mean, I kind of went off and probably confused a lot of people, but really just love them for them. Don't even think about their disability. If mm-hmm. if Should be a you have note. to describe them to people that she's in a wheelchair then you're probably not, you know, marrying her for mm-hmm. the right reasons. So Okay. Love it. And so, yeah, I mean, with that, you know, you are not your medical issues. Yeah. And you're not your depression. You're not your your effing haters, your doubters, you know, the people who aren't in your cor- corner. And you're not, you know, what you can't do versus what you can do. Yeah. And with that, you're not your effing chair. <laughs>